Namaste and welcome to Curiosity, where kids share, learn and have fun together. I'm your host, Samachita. This is episode 10, Indian Shlokas are lovely. Na chora haryam, na chadaju haryam, na bradru pajayam, na chabarakari, vyaye krutte vardati, eva nityam, vidyadhanam, sarvadana pradhanam. What I just recited is called a shloka in Sanskrit, the ancient Indian language. A shloka is a verse, proverb, hymn, or poem, and is the basis for epic Indian poetry. The Ramayana and Mahabharata, ancient Indian texts, were written entirely in shlokas. I often hear my grandparents and parents also chant shlokas, but what are these? In this episode, I will tell you something about shlokas, including the meaning of the one I recited earlier. I also attended a workshop last week, which helped me learn some cute shlokas in a fun way. In my inspiring interviews this week, I will be speaking to Miss Priya Mani, who conducted the workshop. She tells us why shlokas are helpful, how they can be learned, what is the best time to chant them, among others. I also learned about Sanskrit and how it affects our body in a scientific way. Let's get started with some good news. There is a comet visible from Earth called Neowise all of this month. If you are wondering, what is so special that I have it in my news? It is only visible once a millennia and will not come back to Earth until 6,800 years from now. It can be seen after sunset till mid-August. It is 3 miles wide and contains particles that are more than 4 billion years old. Wow! Can you imagine how old it must be? You can watch it from any part of the world with your naked eye. A telescope will give you a much better view. The second news is all about nature. Many of us really wish that we were living in a world with more plants. Well, I hope all of us are working towards it. One such example is from the Indian state of Uttar Pradesh, where 2 million people gathered near River Ganga and planted 20 million trees this week. Since Ganga is considered sacred in Hinduism, plus soils near rivers are very fertile, they decided to plant the trees there. It is also a part of the government's plan to have one-third of the nation under tree cover by 2030. The last news is about turtles. What are the colors of turtles that you have mostly seen? Brown, gray? Well, a farmer in Odisha spotted a yellow turtle this week when he was working in his fields. Basudev Mahapatra found a turtle and handed it over to forest officials who called in conservation experts to discover more. The expert mentioned that the yellow color was due to a condition called albinism, which is characterized by the partial or complete absence of a pigment that gives color to the skin. The turtle is called the Indian flapshell turtle and is mostly found in Pakistan, Sri Lanka, India, Nepal, Bangladesh, and Myanmar. That is all for this week's good news. This is Wow History. On July 21st, 2007, Harry Potter and the Deadly Hallows, the final book in J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter series, was released. On July 24th, 1812, the Duke of Wellington 
defeated 40,000 Frenchmen in 40 minutes at Salamanca, Spain. Hiram Bingham discovered Machu Picchu in a remote part of the Peruvian Andes on July 23, 1911. Many popular entertainers were born this week. Selena Gomez on July 22nd, Jennifer Lopez on July 24th, and Daniel Radcliffe, who played Harry Potter in all the movie series, was born on July 23rd. You are still with me, Samarsht, and let me now tell you a little more about shlokas. Do you remember the shloka I recited at the beginning of the show? I will now share its meaning. Nachoraharyam, which means that no thief can steal it. Nachodajaharyam, which means that no king can put a tax on it or take it away. Nabradrupajayam, which means that no siblings, brothers or sisters can ask you for a share of it. Nachabarakari, which means that it does not feel heavy. Vyaye krutte vardati evanityam, it increases day by day when you spend it. Vidyadhanam sarvadana pradhanam. The wealth of knowledge or learning is first and the most important wealth of all. Shlokas like these help us learn some important concepts. Not all shlokas are religious, like I discovered in my workshop and interview with Miss Priya. It is recommended to chant shlokas early in the morning when our minds are fresh. I will leave a couple of resources in my notes section for those who are keen to learn more about this topic in general. I'm really excited to speak with Miss Priyamani. She was the ex-creative head of Sri Guruji Arts Academy, a performing arts school in Mumbai, and is a faculty with the Art of Living Foundation. She is also the author and ideator of the Little Shloka book and conducts numerous workshops for children and teens to pass on timeless Indian wisdom through games and fun activities. Here is my inspiring interview with her. Hello, Miss Priya. Welcome to Curiosity. I love the Shlokas Made Fun Workshop. What motivated you to write the book and start the Shlokas Made Fun Workshop? What motivated me to write the Little Shloka book? So all the Shloka books I have ever read, uh, they seem to be slightly boring and uh, not very colorful, just with the Sanskrit words. I still enjoyed reading them, but then I wished they were more uh, child-friendly. And uh, this little shloka book is a board book, you know, so children can actually fling it around a two, three-year-old or bite into it and it will not tear apart. So that's something um, that was going on in my mind. So this little shloka book is a perfect introduction of uh, simple shlokas that a child can say throughout the day, from day until evening with a lot of caricatures and illustrations. So then it's very friendly to the child's eye. And shlokas made fun. You know, uh, every time uh, as a child when my mother asked me to do something or, you know, attend the puja wearing a bindi or asked me to wear a pile or, you know, asked me to tie my hair tightly for a puja, I used to keep asking her why, why should I do this? Why so? What is the reason behind a bindi? Why should I chant this mantra? So my wise, she used to always answer my wise. She used to never say, shut up. This is how it's done. Never. 
but that is because she knew the answers you know there are so many people who may not have the answers to these very pertinent questions and i must tell you the answers are fabulous for example uh, a bindi is placed on the agya chakra a chandan or a bindi between the eyebrows right so that's called the agya chakra now agya chakra is a center of alertness and also anger so you know if if you've noticed an angry person um, is a perfectionist you know why do most people get angry because they want things their way and they are a perfectionist in that particular aspect but then uh, uh, if a chandan is put or a kumkum these are all cooling agents or bhasma all that is put then it covers the agya chakra reduces the anger but elevates the alertness yeah so that is the reason so she used to tell me why don't you wear it and it looks so pretty on you also and then i thought it made sense in fact in college uh, it was my style statement you know i used to wear fluorescent bindis to college uh, in the beginning my friends mocked me and then many of them on their birthdays they would like can you just buy me a packet of your style of bindis please so i realized that i'd rather influence the surrounding rather than get influenced by the surrounding when there's something really nice in the offering so similarly each shloka has great depth and meaning and it actually has a hidden metaphoric meaning so i thought i could explore that for children and adults so that they actually appreciate the meaning behind the shloka rather than just by hearting and vomiting it out also uh, when you chant sanskrit sanskrit is a very interesting language i have been told it's very well researched in germany these days um, as to how it touches the tip the front tip of the palate and that invigorates the neurons in the brain and recently i learned that neurons are the only cells in the body that cannot replicate it is said that we have billions of neurons in our brain and every day after the age of i think around 15 we lose 3000 neurons a day <laughs> so neurons are very very precious huh? they can't be replicated like the other cells in the body so how to keep them active uh, it is said that the sanskrit language is very useful and there's a lot of research supporting that that is such a lovely story it is also interesting to learn that by just practicing a language we can keep our neurons active i will certainly narrate a couple of shlokas every day from now on can you tell us how the knowledge of shlokas can help children how can the knowledge of shlokas help children so as i already said uh because sanskrit is such a language that's very close to the human body in fact even the alphabet the sanskrit alphabets are very interesting and in sanskrit what you see is what you get like in english when there is knife there is k n i f e right so it is not there are a lot of exceptions to the rule in sanskrit there are no exceptions okay and uh, even the alphabet is designed in a way that uh, apparently activates various chakras of the body and as i also already said it activates our neurons also the way the palate touches the tip 
So apparently there's a nerve that runs through the brain, etc., etc. There's a lot of research. Maybe you can look it up. And also Sanskrit is a very ancient language, right? It is the language of our rishis and sages. So it is said in Indian mythology that we are not here for the first time, no? We are born, we die, then we are born again, and then keeps going on and on and on and on, right? In fact, uh, that's the whole concept of Vishnu's ten avatars, the dasha avatars, no? First he was a fish, then he died, then he was born again, then he was an amphibian, like a tortoise, and then he died, born again. This time half man, half animal, Narsimha, then again, then Rama, then... Krishna and so on, right? So evolution is very core to Indian scriptures. And Sanskrit has been there forever. So Sanskrit is also a language that's very close to our consciousness. We don't know it, but it is true. For example, even uh, Greek mythology. Now Greek, the language that's used, Latin, all these are very ancient languages. If you've read Harry Potter, uh, all the curses and all the blessings are not in English. They're in a cool language, no? Why those languages, uh, you know, somehow connect with us on a very deep level? So Sanskrit is one such super ancient language. So we may not realize the impact it is making on our body and mind. But it sure is. I'm sure you know a lot of shlokas, but do you have a favorite one? From the little shloka book, I think my favorite would be the last shloka in the book, which is for world peace. And I'm going to chant it for you. Sarve bhavantu sukhinaha, sarve santu niramayaha, sarve bhadrani pashyantu. Now, I like this shloka because I am very much into world peace. (laughs) And with the present times, with COVID, which is a global pandemic, first of its kind, at least in our lifetimes, uh... I think it's very important to realize that we are one world family, that we are all connected. However, we look different, we behave different, we have different habits, different cultures. There is no con- there is no doubt that we are all part of one beautiful earth and we are sharing a planet. So if just, if it just, is it just enough that you are happy in the house? Won't you want your entire family to be happy? Isn't it? One sad person in the house can make the other people also sad. So if one country in the planet is unhappy, of course it has an impact on others. So personally, I really love this shloka, which means Sarve Bhavantu Sukhinaha, Sarve Santu Niramaya. Let everybody be actually happy and peaceful, devoid of any diseases or sadness. And Om Shanti Shanti Shanti, you know. So... May peace prevail. May there be peace, peace, and lots and lots of peace. You are right, Miss Priya. The world can definitely do with some nice trance of peace and harmony. My final question is, I always thought that shlokas have to be chanted only when we perform a puja. At what other times can we chant shlokas? Samad, did you really think shlokas can only be chanted in pujas? No way. 
if so the little shloka book is a testimony to that fact because there's a shloka as soon as you wake up you look at your hands and there's a shloka when you put your feet on the floor as soon as you wake up there's a shloka for even bathing there's a shloka for sunrise there's a shloka at sunset there's shloka when you learn something new shloka while cooking shloka before eating <laughs> shloka before learning something new before studying to overcome fear even a shloka when you're super scared there's a shloka to get well soon and of course shloka for world peace so shlokas to there are so many and of course there are specific times for certain shlokas yeah so suppose you are saying for example if you are chanting this shloka to thank the sun you won't do it in the middle of the night obviously yeah ideally you look at the sun give it a big smile and then you chant the shloka so yeah logically there are some particular times uh, it is said a very good time to practice shlokas or for the best impact 4 to 6 am is recommended am ah not pm that's called the brahma muhurtam it's when uh, it said that you know the universe the planet is rejoicing it's just about to become dawn and you know everything is so peaceful it said that all the rishis and sages come on to earth and check on everybody so 4 to 6 am is said to be a very auspicious time in fact a lot of musicians practice their music also at that time the vocal cords are at their best to be exercised dancers artists find 4 to 6 am a very conducive time even if uh, you know uh, with respect to children suppose you wish to study and you have a test tomorrow uh, if you can sleep a bit early wake up at 5 you know 5 to 6 can be a very interesting time where the focus or the concentration is at its peak yeah so yeah shlokas can be chanted whenever but they have to be done with reverence and honor that goes for anything right thank you so much for your lovely responses i'm sure everyone listening to this podcast will appreciate the effort you are putting introducing us children to this ancient tradition namaste so samarth uh, it's very exciting that you have started this podcast and i wish you all the luck if you have any more questions please uh, please do send them to me and i'll answer to the best of my capacity Thank you for this opportunity Samarth. <laughs> Good luck. Lot of love. We are almost at the end of the show and I want to leave you with some facts about shlokas. It is believed that sage Valmiki used shlokas for the first time while composing the Ramayana. He is therefore also called the Adikavi. It is believed that in the longest version Mahabharata has 100,000 shlokas. Wow, isn't Indian history amazing? I will talk about various aspects of Indian history and also about the Sanskrit language in my future episodes. That is all for this week folks. Until next week, stay safe and sarve jana sukhino bhavantu. Which means may everybody be happy. Jai Hind from Kirasati.